Aren't you thankful for what God is doing in your life? Anybody? Amen. Amen. You may be seated today. You know, Thanksgiving is so important, isn't it, right? Being thankful to God is so important. Someone said that it's hard to discourage a grateful person. (laughs) Amen. It's hard for the devil to get at somebody who's grateful for what God has been doing. Amen. This morning, I'm so, uh, was so excited that we sang a new song, really, and that we're thanking the Lord for the blood of Jesus. Amen. And and especially in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be celebrating one of the most powerful things we could celebrate in the, in the Christian faith, and that is the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen, who lives right now and is coming back, amen? How many believe that? <laughs> you can't shake that from me. That's not something that you're just going to... Amen, just kind of argue a little bit about me and then I'm just going to walk away from it. Man, that's something I'm going to die for. Amen. And so I believe in all that and all that God has said and all that he stands for. And, and here in our church, we really believe that whatever God has said in the Bible, whatever's written in the Bible, we believe it. Amen. We're not, we don't have a Gillette Bible. <laughs> it's not shredded. Amen. A little here, a little there, what we believe. It's everything. Amen. How many believe everything in this book is for me? Amen. All of God's promises are yes, and I say amen. Hallelujah. So we're excited about that today. I want to just get right into the word, but i um, excited about what the Lord is doing here and some good things. And um, just this last week, heard some really good reports about how that uh, maybe some of the people in the church and you're reaching out to family and friends and, and uh, those you work with, and God's doing amazing things in and through your life. How many know this is about body ministry? This is about Every one of us stepping into the call of God in our lives. Every one of us that have a ministry. Uh, amen? Every one of us. And how many know every one of us are a preacher? Uh-oh, two people. Every one of us are called as a preacher. You are a preacher of righteousness. You are a preacher. You are to herald the gospel. You are, have been given that privilege, that honor, uh, for, that grace from the Lord. Amen? To carry this glorious gospel to whoever And wherever, amen? Aren't you glad that somebody told you about Jesus? Aren't you glad that it it took a Bible-thumping preacher to get to me, amen? Amen, I'm so thankful for that. And uh, I'm so glad that God just uses us the way we are, (laughs) amen, and just uses this package right here to deliver his word to other people, and so thankful for that, amen. I want to get right into the word today because at the end of the service, um, we want to just take some time and make some room for, um, for some ministry. So uh, at the end of the service, our, our prayer teams are going to be gathered around the front. And we just want to spend a few moments, especially today, praying for those who are sick. And we want to uh, just pray that God heals you today. Today. <laughs> Amen. How I many know our faith is what counts? Amen. Doesn't matter how you say it and pray and, and, and whether you, you know, speed and spit. Amen. Can't outlast faith. Amen. So it doesn't matter, but we're believing God. Amen. And so today, after the service, and uh, specifically today, I believe the Lord really wants to touch us when it comes to our emotional and mental health issues and some of the things we're struggling in our bodies and our minds. Amen. So we're going to believe God that, it, how many know it's not about us? It's not our power. It's not our holiness, amen, that heals people. It's the power of Jesus Christ, amen. And we believe that the same Jesus that walked the earth 2,000 years ago that laid hands on lepers and dead people and sick people and everyone's healed, that, that power is in us through Jesus Christ, amen. It's his power, right? 
flowing through this imperfect vessel, amen, to touch other people, amen. And so that's what we believe today. So a lot of people say, oh, you're a healer. No, Jesus is the healer. I'm just a box. I'm just a vessel. I'm just that pipe that run, it runs through. Anybody? Amen. Some of us. You used to be a sewer pipe when you were, before you knew Jesus, amen. But now he cleaned you out and you're a pipe for the Lord, amen. Just clean water flowing through you, amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we talked about this last week. I want to finish up this thought. We've been talking about uh, really an encounter, started out talking about an encounter with God and then talked about really um, the encounter with the gospel and the knowledge, the gospel encounter. We began to talk about that and I just want to just keep talking about that and finish this thought in 2 Corinthians and that how um, really it is that encounter with the gospel that's so powerful, amen? That's so important in our lives. We realize that an encounter with the Lord is, is just so much more than emotion. It's so much more than just a, an experience or sensation. It's, it's so much more than that. Um, when I have an encounter with the Lord or had an encounter at times, I mean, I'm changed, right? And it's so much more than that. But how many know we've all, if you're a Christian, you're born again, you're here because you had an encounter with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's not something we should look over, and it's not something that should be on the back burner in our hearts, in our lives, in our churches. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the center. <laughs> Amen. It's the hub, right? Amen. How many know it was all about Jesus coming, the Messiah coming? Amen. The promise of the Father coming. That was, that's what it was about. Amen. And so that's why we're here. And so I want to focus on that in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. In verse 3 and 5, I'm just going to read it. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Weapons and, and so, so on and so forth like that. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Amen. How many believe that scripture? Amen. And we talked about this. And we talked about, you know, but I wanted to just share this thought first before we get into a review and then the message. And that is, Christianity is a win-win situation. Amen. I mean, the devil gets frustrated with the Christians because the worst enemy, the worst opponent you could ever face is someone who has nothing to lose. Hello. You cannot discourage somebody who has nothing to lose. You're not going to beat somebody who has nothing to lose. As a Christian, we have nothing to lose but everything to gain. In every situation, we use it as our advantage to our win. Come on, whether you go through a bad situation, a good situation, everything can be accounted for, I mean, used toward an advantage to the win. I mean, no, you can't kill a child of God. You can't destroy a child of God. Amen. And so the enemy uh, fights against us. He doesn't like this. But we're in a win-win situation. And the hardest people to defeat are those who have nothing to lose. They are the hardest people to beat. Because no matter what you do, it's all a win for them. Right? They can't lose. And that's the way Christians are. And I don't know why I thought about this. But as I was reading this this week, I kind of got a little chuckle. Because I was thinking about, amen, the movie The Bug's Life. A Bug's Life. How many remember... Come on, old school, right? A bug's life. How many get that out every once in a while and you're like, and you quote those lines? And one of the lines I thought about was when Hopper gave his speech, right? Hopper, the grasshopper, gave his speech. And he goes, you let one of those ants stand up against us and they'll all might stand up against us. 
He said, those puny little ants outnumber us 100 to 1. And if they ever figured that out, there goes our way of life. Right? How many remember that speech? And he said this, it's not about the food, it's about keeping those ants in line. I mean, no, that's the enemy thinks, isn't it? That's a speech the devil always gives amen in hell. He always says, listen, those people outnumber us a million to one. And if they ever get a hold of who they are, if they ever find out and realize what they can do in Jesus Christ, if they get together, we're in serious trouble. Amen. Right? Amen. And so this is what he's saying, that listen, every strategy and every tactic of the enemy can be overcome. Right? Amen. We just have to have knowledge. That's what the devil fights. He fights against knowledge. He doesn't want you to know about God. He doesn't want you to know about your place in God. He doesn't want you to know about the scriptures. He doesn't know, want you to be educated about the blood of Jesus that cleanses from sin. The power of God that heals our body. Come on. The mercy of God that forgives gives us time and time and time again. Amen. He doesn't want us to know about those things. Because if you come into revelation of who you are in Jesus and what God can do in your life and through your life, he's in serious, serious trouble. Amen? How many believers said amen, right? So we notice this. And as we read these scriptures, we talked about the unseen struggle. We know there's a battle going on, a war going on. The Bible says that we're not just fighting. We're not fighting people. We're fighting principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and darkness. How many have been in that fight? Quite a few times, right? Amen. How many realize that, right? And especially if you have been, uh, had a past in witchcraft and sorcery and the cult, you'll understand that fight is oh so real, right? Amen. And you'll get it. So there's the unseen struggle. And then we talked about the real enemy. It's not other people. It's the devil. Amen. It's, it's spiritual wickedness. Amen. It's not political figures. It's spiritual wickedness. They're out to defeat and destroy humanity. They hate, the devil hates humanity. It's not just about tearing down women and their place and their role. It's not about uh, ruining uh, the definition of a man. It's not about just uh, brainwashing our children at a young age. It's about destroying all humanity, right? And how many know but the weapons that God gave us, they're God's weapons, amen, they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, amen, amen. And so we have that, and I'm not going to talk about spiritual warfare, but, and what do we see here so clearly? Again, the target is what? Against the knowledge of God. That's the target, isn't it? Against the knowledge of God, amen. And so I want to just go into a couple things today about this, about the knowledge of God. And so as the enemy attacks, we know that, that we have a pushback. As the people of God. There is the, the weapons that the Lord has given us. That's our pushback. The weapons that he has given us and everything. And so we'll do a whole other lesson on those weapons. And they're powerful, the Bible says. But one of the things I want to just clear, clarify here. And as we just wrap this up today. Is about the knowledge of God. Is that it's so clear what we really our pushback is. And what God wants us to do. And it is all about the knowledge of God. Isn't so much about uh, reading all these books about Christianity. But it is this. It is to know God and make him known. Come on, that's the knowledge of God that he's wrestling, the enemy hates. That's the enemy, come on, anybody? That's the knowledge of, of God that the enemy wants to, to stop in the earth. He wants to keep people blind, spiritually blind, spiritually deaf, spiritually ignorant, because if they know about God, if they know about God's plan of salvation, and they know about who they are created in Christ Jesus, he's in serious trouble. 
All his power goes away. He loses all his power. Come on, somebody. How many would love to see the devil lose again and again and again? Which he already did at Calvary. But God has allowed him these years with humanity to struggle so that his people can make a conscious effort and a willing effort, amen, to stand against him to see him beat one more time. Isn't that great? I mean, how many love that fact? We can see the devil defeated one more time. And then the Bible says in the book of Revelation, we're going to have the privilege of seeing him destroyed for the final time. Isn't that great? This is really good. And so we, we love that. But in 2 Corinthians chapter three, uh, uh, chapters 3 and 4, as I shared last week, talking about the knowledge of God, right? It says that before we knew the Lord, before we were saved, those are of, of us who are saved, he said that there was like a veil over our eyes. There was this ignorance and this blindness that we had. How many know when we read the scriptures and Jesus and the stories of Jesus, one of the things that we see is when he healed people, their greatest testimony was, once I was blind, but now I see, right? And so there was this blindness. There was this like spiritual blindness over a heart. So that when you went to, a, a, you know, your university and you studied history and you studied theology and you'd studied Christianity, it was just another religion to you because your heart wasn't open to God. But man, when you open your heart to Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, every time someone said the Bible or Jesus or the cross, you perked right up. Right? Because your eyes were open. Your heart was open. And he talks about this and he says that till this day that the veil is over people's hearts. But when they receive the Lord, their eyes are open. The, heart, the veil is taken off their heart. I love that. And he says this, that the spirit of the Lord, the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. And all kinds of things. But I love that. And the Lord is that spirit. And we said this last week. What spirit? <laughs> the Lord is that spirit. What spirit? Well, as he's talking about it, he's talking about the spirit of revelation. The spirit of the Lord takes, amen, the blinders off people's eyes once they open up to him. But how many know people won't open up to Jesus Christ if they don't know about him? And if, they, and if, they, if you're not talking about him, how is anybody going to know about him? Well, they can come to church. Well, good luck with that because we, got, we struggle with Christians coming to church. Uh-oh. Right? It's not about just coming to church, but somebody's got to tell somebody else about Jesus Christ. Somebody has got to tell somebody else about the God that created them. The God that created them and loved them when they were in their mother's womb. He was creating their eyelashes and their fingernails, and he had a purpose for them even before they were born. That God. Amen? Somebody's got to tell somebody about our God, right? And so it's to know God and to make him Known. And as we talked about last week, we talked about the knowledge of God. Well, that simply means the information of God or the science of God. We know that. We're, we're educating ourselves about that. And that's good, isn't it? We, that's necessary. But then there's a, another form that we see of the knowledge of God, and that is the revelation of God. That revelation and understanding, once you open your heart up to Jesus Christ and say, yes, I believe that Jesus came as the Messiah. Yes, I believe that Jesus died for my sin, sins on the cross and he took my pain and my disease and my sickness on him that I could be forgiven and have an eternal relationship with him. Once that happens, the Bible says there, it's almost like there's this revelation, right? Once you hear the gospel, how many remember the day that you heard the gospel and you said, yes, I want to believe in Jesus Christ. Yes, I believe in him. Yes, I'll be baptized in water. I remember that day, right? Well, there was a light that came on. There was like this window that opened in your heart. There was this, come on, you just opened up to God and all of a sudden you had this revelation that Jesus is God and he died for your sins. Amen. 
That's a revelation of God. And so we believe in that. We believe in that awareness of God and, and that, that perception of God is so important, isn't it? And there's that revelation that God does. But how many know it just doesn't happen once? And I want to encourage you that, you know, every day God wants to show you something new about himself. Listen, if, God show, if you saw God for who he is, all of God, you, your, your brain would explode. Like, it, we, it, as humans, we can't comprehend and understand all of it at one point. So God shows us a little at a time of himself. And every time I see God, I love him even more. I mean, I just, I'm so, like, I, I thought the last thing I saw about God was amazing. This is even better. Right? It's that revelation of God. Right? But then we talk about the knowledge of God. We talk about the experience of God. And there's that encounter that we see with Moses at the burning bush we talked about. And that experience of God that we have in our lives. That each one of us, you know, how many know you can't take that experience away from us? Right? You can't take that experience away from us at all. That encounter with the Lord. It brings a resolve in our heart, in our, in our minds. And we may go through difficult times and, and we may struggle with some things in our life and some questions about the Lord and about what's going on in our life. But there's a resolve in our heart. Because we've had an experience with God. How many have had that experience that, man, no matter what happens, as Job said, though God slay me, yet will I trust him. Amen. That experience, that knowledge of who God is. And I love this when you're born again and the Bible shows us very clearly that the Holy Spirit is given in our lives. Amen. As a precious gift that leads us into this knowledge of God. Leads us into this revelation of who Jesus is. Amen. That's why it's important to pray. That's why it's important to stay in fellowship with the Lord as much as you can almost every day. Come on, right? Every day. And, and, and that prayer that Jesus told us to pray, Matthew chapter 6, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Because why? Because God is still revealing himself to us. And so I love that about the Lord. And we know that the knowledge of God and that revelation of God brings liberty, as the Bible teaches, and freedom. How many know the, the knowledge of God brings satisfaction to you? How many of, when you met Jesus, you stopped searching? I don't know about you, but my search ended. I said, my search ended. Amen. Kinda, you go into those same places on Friday nights, trying to fill yourself up, trying to get filled with something satisfying, and every, every Friday night you were back at the same watering hole because you were trying to fill yourself up with something that's satisfied, but you could never be satisfied until you met Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And then you never, you went, didn't go from mirage to mirage. You didn't go from well to well. Amen. Because you found the well of living water, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And it brings satisfaction and completion in our hearts. It brings peace and trust and assurance. When we find out who God is, when we discover the love of God for our lives. I love that. I love that. And so the devil knows what will happen when you know God. I'm telling you, that's why the, there's such a fight. That's why there's such a fight, an intimidation factor when you go to tell people about Jesus. Because he knows. Come on. How many know the principalities and powers, they're not just going to be like back off and let the church go witness. Man, they're going to throw everything that they can at us, right? They're, they're going to intimidation and fear and all kinds of tactics and everything. But how many know the weapons that God gives us are even stronger than the weapons that the devil has? Amen. Hallelujah. Paul's letters, he teaches us, to really seek after the knowledge and run after the knowledge of God. 
Not just head knowledge, but a heart knowledge. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, this was a prayer that he was praying for that church. And he said this in his prayer. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. How I mean, you know, we need wisdom and we need revelation. But he said it's there in Jesus Christ the more you know him. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, he says this. He said, according to his divine power, God's divine power, he has given us everything we need for a dynamic spiritual life through true and personal knowledge of Jesus, or him, who called us by his own glory and goodness. How many believe that? Amen. According to his divine power, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us unto glory and virtue. Amen. It's through the knowledge of him. And so God, in his, in his glory and his goodness and his grace, not because we earned it, but because he loved us, amen, he gives us the knowledge. He gives us his power. The more we discover, the more we, we lean towards the Lord, he leans into us, amen, with his power. I love that about the Lord, amen. And not only that, but I just thought about this of knowledge of God, knowing the Lord. How many know it's important, not just to know and you study scripture and things like that, but I think there's something else here. I think that we need to know not just who God is, but what God is doing in our life. When you discover what the Lord is doing in your life, you can combat the enemy a little bit better. If you just walk around your house all the time, I don't know what's happening in my life. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. But if you know God is going to, I mean, I can't, I don't have the answers exactly, but I do know this. God's going to work this out for his glory and my good. Amen. Yeah. What the enemy has meant for evil, God's going to turn it into his glory. Come on. Yeah. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. You've got to know what God's doing in your life. That's the kind of knowledge God wants to bring you into. So that you know the seasons that you're in, what your family's going through, what your marriage, everything that you're going through right now, God wants you to be aware of that so you can battle and fight a good fight. Amen? So that you can win. That you can let these things that you're going through serve as an advantage in your life to a win. Why? Because you're a person that just can't be beat. <laughs> right? You have nothing to lose. It's a win-win. You have nothing to lose, right? So just let everything be turned around to your advantage. But how many know it's important to know what God's doing in your life? It's important to know what season you're in. It's important to know what God is saying to you at that time. For some of you, God's teaching you patience. Hello. He let you be around those people. He let you move by that neighbor. He let you work by that person. He put you in that family to teach you a good couple good things, right? we got to know what God's doing. If not, we'll just get caught up in emotion and, and you know, let your anger get away from you. And, and come on. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, you know, you don't, you don't understand. But if you know what God is doing, that's, that's part of our weapons of our warfare is that we're smart about what God's doing in our life. We're aware of it. Amen? Now, you're not always going to know everything about that, but you can trust the Lord and you can have the wisdom to say, Lord, I'm not going to allow this to, to take me under. Come on, but I'm going to allow this to let me grow in my knowledge of you. Amen. And what's going, what you're going through. So now let me just say this and, and we'll move on. But I, I just really had to throw this out there is that people who don't know their purpose are open for attack. People, I'm, I'm especially young people, and that's what the, the battle's about in our, our culture, right? Is young people knowing their purpose. When you don't know who you are, what to do, and all you can think of is that you're nobody, going nowhere, doing nothing, amen, you're open for attack. But at a young age, Jesus at 12 knew the call of God on his life. He knew exactly what God wanted him to do. Josiah, when he was a young man, amen, at 16 years old, he knew exactly what God wanted him to do. 
I didn't know how he was going to get there, but he knew what God wanted. He knew he had a purpose. Come on, David knew that when I was in my mother's womb, God shaped me and formed me for something. <laughs> I mean, you may not know exactly what it is, but you know God has a purpose for your life. And those that don't have a purpose are open for attack. Those who don't know the authority of Jesus are under attack. If you don't know the authority of the scriptures, you don't understand that Jesus is the name above every other name, that every name, uh, name has to bow at the name of Jesus. Every principality and power and spirit of darkness has got to humble themselves completely, amen, at the name of Jesus, amen, you're going to be under attack. If you don't understand the power of the gospel and the power of the scriptures when you're in a situation, you might be open for attack. Amen. I mean, no, that's not a time to, to, to get your, you know, your positive feeling little sayings out and your 101 positive quotes of the day. That's the day you need to crack open the scriptures and say, Lord, I'm, I want you to show me exactly what I'm supposed to do right now. How am I supposed to face this thing and deal with this anger? How am I supposed to deal with this lust? How am I supposed to deal with this temptation today? Amen. Because we know the Lord. Amen. Amen. The second thing is that God calls us to make him known. This is part of the knowledge of God in the earth. Notice what it says in verse 5 of our text. It says, These weapons can break down every proud argument against God and every wall that can be built to keep men from finding Him. I mean, no, we're to make God known. That's our pushback as Christians. We're to make Him known. The more you make Him known, the more a, a, a better chance people are to, to get saved, right? The, and it's the message of God. So we've got the... The knowledge of God, we talked about what? We've talked about the, the information of God, the revelation of God. We talked about the experience of God. But really what this is, is there's a message in the knowledge of God. There's a message in the knowledge of God. That's what a knowledge of God. Well, how do you know? Well, you hear this message. You know this message. It's, it's this message. And really what it is, and it comes down to, and it is the publishing of Jesus Christ in the earth. Did you know that's the definition of preacher? Now, earlier I said you guys were a preacher and you amen and shot me down, right? But, you know, that's what it is. It's to publish Jesus. It's to make him known. Amen? And how many know it is through our example? It is through our lifestyle. It is through our good works. Hello? It is through those things. It is through miracles. Yes, it is. But it's also through our words. Is that right? It's through our words. It's what we're speaking. It's publishing Jesus. And the more you talk about Jesus, the more people are going to hear about Jesus. And the more people hear about Jesus, the more opportunity they have to believe in Jesus. And the more they believe in Jesus, the more they can get saved. Amen. Right? But how many know the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, it, it starts with somebody talking. Somebody open up their mouth about Jesus. Somebody's got to publish. Well, no, I just pray. I believe that the four winds are going to blow and, and these pages of Scripture are going to blow all over the continents and people are just going to learn about God. No, that's weird. Okay, that's weird. Never going to happen, but this is how it's going to happen. As Christians, we're going to open up our mouth and we're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to publish Jesus. That's what it means to make him known. We're going to publish Jesus. Well, the world doesn't want to hear it. My family doesn't want to hear it. That's okay. We've got to publish Jesus. Well, the world really hates Jesus right now, and Christians really aren't popular right now. That's okay. We're going to publish Jesus because we're going to make him known. Because making him known breaks down every wall of partition, every spirit of darkness that builds up a wall against the knowledge of God. It breaks it down. It causes it to crumble. 
Amen? That's what the word means, cast down. It breaks it down. It breaks down the walls that the enemy is building up against people knowing him. Amen? So the glorious gospel can shine and they can believe in Jesus Christ. Amen? And so, again, this is the unveiling of Jesus. I mean, when Jesus was born, amen, there was a couple people that they just unveiled him. The angels from heaven came, the shepherds, amen. There's a couple people in temple, and they just did this unveiling of Jesus, amen. There's this revealing of the Son of God, right? Come on. Publishing Jesus is revealing him to people. Jesus' birth and ministry and his resurrection was about the publishing of him, himself and his, who he is. And so I love that about the Lord. And, and so it's about making him known. You see, when Jesus is revealed and made known, the enemy's devices and tactics are, are ineffective. It breaks it down. We've got to get that in your heart today. It breaks down every, every tactic of the enemy is broke down when we begin to publish Jesus. Amen. How many know that's what worship is about? Uh, the worship is about the, the worship team coming up with the hottest Christian songs so we can like feel good about it ourselves and then we'll go, we'll do our, get our praise on, we'll do our thing. No, 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 that's not what worship is about. Worship is about the exaltation of Jesus Christ, amen. The son of the living God. You know, in heaven, that's what they're doing right now, right now. They're not chasing butterflies and like growing plants. No, they, what they're doing right now is worshiping Jesus. The Bible said he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen. And all the angels and the hosts are around about that throne singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. The Bible says that they fall down at his feet and they cast their crowns down. And they say, this is the Lamb worthy of our praise. Amen. So when you're worshiping God, you're joining in with heaven, exalting the Son of the living God. Amen. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. The devil hates it, drives him crazy. Amen. And all those who don't love Jesus and all those who are against the gospel, it stirs them like a hornet's nest. It just drives them nuts. You guys are mindless people. You guys are brainwashed. You're just all about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about Jesus. Maybe you should look in. Just let's talk about him a little bit more. Let's just say his name a little bit more. Amen. There's just something neat when we say his name. And you, do you feel you twitching in your chair a little bit? Yeah, that's, that's cool. That, that happens when we begin to talk about Jesus. Amen. How many know spirits get irritated when you start talking about Jesus? Hello. Tormenting spirits, amen, get absolutely driven crazy when you start magnifying and worshiping Jesus, amen. The Bible says that that man that was filled with over 2,000 demons, when he began to worship Jesus, amen, they just got nuts, amen. Said, when we, we need to go and have a barbecue and get in a bunch of pigs, man, and let's just, you know, I mean, the Bible just says, they had to, let's get out of here, we got to leave. When that man began to worship Jesus, those demons got troubled, right? Let's not spend a lot of time in that, but you understand that. Amen. And so this, this is what happens. And we move on. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. I love this. It says, but thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph in Christ, or the triumph of Christ. Through us reveals the fragrance of the knowledge of him in every place. When you just begin to publish Jesus, I, I, as according to the scripture, there's like a fragrance. How many have ever done that? How many have ever, come, someone walked in the room and said, what's that smell? As soon as they walk in the room, right? They could be across the room. Have you ever done that? Walk in a grocery store, come down an aisle, woo, woo, right? How many have ever done that, right? And, and you do that, and, 
And why? Because there's a fragrance there, right? And that's just about Jesus. When you start talking about the Lord and you start letting people know about him and talk about his love and his plan for their life and what the Bible really talks about and what the scriptures really mean about love, think about it. There is a fragrance that starts coming out. There's just like this every place. And it's the fragrance of Jesus. What's the name of the fragrance? Jesus. Right? It's a collectible fragrance. It's like it's, it's the number one fragrance going into heaven right now. It's Jesus. <laughs> right? Think about it. Amen. And so I, I love that. And, 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 and in the Old Testament, it says that all the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's a pretty good promise, isn't it? Now, how is that going to happen? Well, I just believe that one day, you know, Jesus is going to do it. And he's going to wave his hand and, and all, everybody's going to know him. Nope, it's going to happen with his people. You and me. <laughs> you and me. Amen. That's how it's going to happen. I love this scripture in Psalms that says, The Lord gave the word and great was the company that published it. I mean, no, God gives his word and we're to publish it. Amen. God showed Jesus to us and we're to publish that. Amen. Now, does everybody want to hear? No. Will everybody get, you know, happy when you start talking about Jesus? Are you kidding me? That means you haven't been out there. You need to go outside there for a little bit and talk about Jesus. Then you'll find out real quick. There's a lot of people don't want to hear about him. But that doesn't matter because there's still power in his name. Because his name still leads to eternal life. Because he's still our healer. He still heals bodies today. Come on. And just because there's one or two people that don't want to hear about him and they get irritated about him, it doesn't matter. He still saves. He still heals. There's still power in his name. Amen? Right? There's still the knowledge of his name that needs to be everywhere. Someone said this recently. I love this. It said, everyone loves Jesus as long as you don't define who he is. Once you start talking about Jesus being the son of God, whoa, whoa, whoa. What did you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the son of the living God. He's the only way. No, I believe there's a lot of other ways. No, 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 no. There's only one way, and his name is Jesus. Right? Amen. The Bible says that Paul went around, and, and I love this about Paul. I always thought that Paul went into these synagogues and these other places, and he had these fights and arguments and debates, and they were screaming at each other. That's not, that's not what happened at all. The Bible says this. He used this language. It said that Paul reasoned with them in their synagogues. And in the halls of justice and all these other places, the Bible says he reasoned with them. That's not arguing or debating and hate and, and, and anger. What it is, he reasoned, that he gave this reasonable presentation of Jesus based on the scriptures. And he reasoned with them. So he's like, okay, that's great, you believe that, but let me just tell you about my God. Right? Can you just give me a few moments? How many have ever done that with somebody that doesn't know the Lord? Can I get three minutes of your time? Right? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you be glad if every preacher said that? Right? Amen. So, but there's supernatural power in the knowledge of God. And I love this. In, in Romans, even though Paul would, had, uh, uh, they, he was uh, left for dead, he was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he, he was rejected in these cities, he was uh, drug off to court and falsely accused, and he spelt, spent many times in jail. Come on, he wrote letters from jail, right? Some of these things. And all these things, he, he ended up saying this in Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it's the power of God to salvation. And one thing I know is what he said later in Romans. He said, if, if someone can just open their mouth, then people can hear about Jesus. And if someone hears about Jesus, they have a good chance they're going to believe in Jesus. And if someone believes in Jesus, they're going to get saved. So the so salvation of souls starts with what? Somebody say, talking about Jesus. Amen? The healing of bodies talks about miracles in the earth starts with someone talking about Jesus. Amen. 
And so I want to close and just say this, that the gospel is the message. That's the message of God. That's the knowledge of God. Is the best way we could do that is give, is, is, is give the gospel, which is the message of Jesus Christ. See, we were born into sin, and we we're spiritually blind and deaf and ignorant. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 that uh, one of the truths about people that don't know God is that there is a knowledge of God. There is a small knowledge of God. Somewhere back in their subconscious, there is this knowledge, and they can look around and see the creation, and there's that knowledge of God that they have. Come on, right? That doesn't mean they believe in him. That just means they have a knowledge. But it says this in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, in order for everyone to be saved, they have to come to the knowledge of God. Amen? They have to come to the knowledge of God. And again, I repeat it again. How are people going to do that? They have to do that by someone speaking, someone publishing. Someone's got to make him known. In the earth, you said, look at all these sinful people. Look at all this, this stuff going on in our culture. Look, how much are you publishing Jesus? And I believe we're, we're responsible. We may not be responsible for the whole city of Williamsport, but I believe I'm responsible for my neighborhood. Everyone that I've met, everyone that I come in contact with, I believe that I have this, this spiritual, lovingly, God-sent duty to tell them about Jesus Christ. Amen, Christians. Hello. Amen. A lot of us are waiting for people from another country to come and win your neighbors. Nope, not going to happen. The Lord put you there with a message of hope for them at this time in their life. Amen. Hallelujah. The gospel is the declaration that Jesus is Lord and then he's made an end to our sins. Isn't that simple? How many can say that? Anybody can say that, right? All of us here can just, that's a simple message, isn't it? Really what it breaks down to is this, that the, uh, the gospel message or the knowledge of Jesus is the knowledge First of all, the knowledge of Jesus, the lordship of Jesus, and the conversion to Jesus. That's really what it is, isn't it? Amen. And so we can do that. We can share that. The Bible says that we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, how many have been baptized in the Holy Ghost? What it simply means is, is that God has anointed you to do your mission. How many believe that Jesus was anointed to do his mission, right? And how many know that the Holy Spirit's been given so we can complete the mission of Jesus in the earth, right? And so, so that's so good, isn't it? And so we're talking about Jesus, and we're telling the story of Jesus. We're declaring his name and repeating his words. That's what Jesus told us to do. How many know that's easy, isn't it? Aren't you glad that you don't have to come up with your own gospel? <laughs> Jesus said all you got to do is just tell people what I've already said. Well, that's easy, isn't it? Right? How many know in order to do that, you've got to be in the word yourself? You've got to know the word yourself. Amen. And this is what I want to close with today. Amen. Is that at the very end... He says something profound in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. And I'm going to read it, and then we're going to stand. He said, And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Can we stand on our feet today? I want to just think and ask this question today. What greater good could we do for anybody? What, what greater good could we do for somebody than to, to really set set before them the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I mean, think about it. What greater good could you do for somebody than to put the knowledge of Jesus out there? I don't believe there's anything greater we could do for somebody than to set the knowledge of Jesus in front of them. Come on, somebody. Amen? And so lastly, I just as I read the scripture, I've, over, I've over, over, always overlooked the scripture, to be honest with you. I said amen. I believed in it, right? But I never really understood it. 
How many have ever done that? In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it talks about the weapons are warfare, not carnal. Da, 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 and we're shouting there. We stop at verse 6 because it messes it. We don't understand. We're, it's like reading Leviticus. It's like, yeah, 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 I guess, right? So, but listen to this. And having in readiness mind, in a, that's what he talks about, in our minds, having a readiness to revenge all disobedience, because he's talking about those that are coming against the knowledge of God. When your obedience is fulfilled. In other words, it starts with you. Oh, we're going to tear down the walls. We're going to, I mean, we're going to come against the enemy. And, you know, he's coming against the knowledge. We're going to make Jesus known. But he, in the end, he says, it starts with you. It starts with you. And you can study the Bible and you can, you can know Old Testament. You can know history. You can know prophetical books. You can know all these things. You can tie them with history and how important it is and all those other things. But unless you are obeying Jesus... It doesn't mean anything. Because in the end, how many know, if you're not obedient to Christ, you're not going to tear down any walls of spiritual high places or wickedness. Because it really comes down to this. And he said, look, yeah, we're going to do all these things. We're going to tear down these walls. But he said, it's got to happen in you first. It starts with your obedience. Hello. It starts with your responsibility to the knowledge that you have of God. And all the knowledge that you have and all the things you stored up and everything, he said, that's great, but it really starts with your obedience. That's where, it, that's where it matters, is our obedience. Because Jesus said this, why do you call me Lord and do not the things that I say? He said, if you love me, you will what? Keep my commandments. First John challenges us and says, how can any man say that I love God and does not what he says? I mean, come on, if you hate your neighbor and you're not doing what God told you to do, you're not obeying the word, then we really can't say we love God. And these are the people that we, we see struggle in our lives. We see Christians like this, and they struggle with the Bible. They want to deconstruct everything. They want to break everything down. They want to kind of just, just make the gospel look like it's, it, does, it's, it can't apply today. It's not for today because they're not obedient to Christ. And he said it starts with you. And how many know this knowledge of Jesus, it starts with me, me running after the Lord, me wanting to know who God is. How many know that, right? And then it, it really starts with me wanting to make him known to other people. Amen. It starts with me. And so today we, can, we, we, we need to be shouting these scriptures. We need to be like really getting fired up about these scriptures, but we need to get fired up about it starting with me today. Man, I'm telling you right now, and that's why he said you got to take every, cap, every thought captive because it starts with you. If you want to tear down Satan, Satan's walls and do damage to the enemy of Satan and all, it's got to start with you. It's got to start in your heart. It's got to start in your mind. And, and if you want the world to be saved, it starts with you. Hello. It starts with you. It starts with your heart. I love that because the Bible has a way of just being a mirror, doesn't it? Yeah. I want to avenge everyone who's arguing about the Lord. I want to, I want to really shut them down on Facebook. I want to, man, I want to preach the gospel and make, make people look stupid. Listen, it starts with you. And that's what he's saying. And I love that. See, it's not just a Bible study. It's your obedience. And that's what he's coming down and brings us down. I don't know about you, but my heart has just been aching for this generation. You know, as much as I... I hate to see some of the, the things I'm seeing and, and hear some of the things I'm hearing. People are so lost. People need Jesus so bad. And it's one thing for me to just sit there in front of the computer and just say, you know what, that's terrible. That's ridiculous. Can you, can you believe that these guys are dressing up like this, going to school, doing all this? I mean, what is this? And 
not say these people are so broken, they're so lost. My heart is just breaking for this generation. Amen? Amen. And so I have, it starts with me. It starts with the yielding. It starts with me keeping the commandments of God. It starts with me surrendering to the knowledge of God. He wants to be Lord in my life. How many of us just say, I'm not allowing him to be Lord in my life? Amen. Because it starts with me. I love what uh, um, Bodhi Botchman said in a speech recently. He said that the gospel is about the work of Christ saturate, saturating every aspect of our lives. If it starts with us, how many know whatever's in your heart is going to come out your mouth? It's going to come out your mouth. And so, yeah, we want to tell people about Jesus. We have to. We need to. We, we need to. It's like the hour's getting late. Like, we don't have much more time. Right? We've got to do this thing. But it's got to happen something in us, this obedience to the Lord, this obedience to the knowledge of God. And I see Christians all the time. They're, you know, just declaring all this stuff and, and having all these podcasts and everything. And you just say, well, it's really not happening in you. <laughs> It's got to it's gotta happen in you, and it's got to be something that starts in you. I don't know about you, but how many today just lift your hand to heaven and just say, Lord, I, I want to be filled with the knowledge of God. Not just the information. Yes, I need the information. Yes, I need the science of God. When I read your word, Lord, I want to be filled with the revelation of God, who Jesus is, who I am in Christ. How much you love me, Lord. How much, what plan you have for my life. Lord, the, Lord, all those things, I want, to be filled with the, I want to be filled with the knowledge, that experience, that experimental knowledge, that firsthand knowledge of God working in my life, knowing how he's moving and what he's doing around me, Lord, and in my family, Lord, in my marriage, I want to know God. But Lord, I, I, I say to the end of this thing, I want to be filled with the knowledge of God so much that I'm, I want to make him known. I want to make you known, Lord, in my life. I want to glorify you, my words. And everything and everyone I meet, Lord, help me. Give me the wisdom. Give me the knowledge. Give me the scriptures. Lord, give me that, that, that opportunity, Lord, to let people know about you. Because the more people hear about you, Lord, the more opportunity, the greater opportunity they have to get saved. And so, Lord, I'm just your vessel. I'm just a person that you can use, Lord. And I pray that it would start with me. Start in me today. As Paul said, we want to tear down all these strongholds, and, and we will, and we will by the power of God, but it's going to start in me. I'm going to start taking captive the, the thoughts that I have and the, and the feelings that I go through and all these things. It's going to start in me. And Lord, I just thank you for it. And I give you all the praise and all the glory for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 Can we give the Lord a hand today and just thank the Lord for his word? Amen. You're doing such a good thing, Lord. And I love